0: What's that on up a yonder? Why, it looks like two hillbillies talking about mini-trucks to me. Y'all are fixing to listen to the voice of the lowlife. Gather around and revel in the good word of the Lowest Common Denominator podcast.
1: So, Shay, on my way here tonight, I passed a church. That's a Travis. And I have a fascination with church signage. I think it's really cool what people come up with. This particular church that I passed today said... If you're so full of yourself, you won't have room for God. <laughs> and my first thought was, yeah, and you also won't have room for cheese sticks. Oh, that's not
2: what
3: I thought.
1: Straight for the hills and hollers of <laughs> Eastern Kentucky, we're fresher than a dozen eggs from a one-legged brown hen. We put the cult in mini trucking culture. We are your voice of the slightly blasphemous lowlife. I'm LMC, and this is Shay, and this is the Lowest Common Denominator podcast. Once again, you have, for some reason, found us in your strange little corner of browsing cyberspace, and we do thank you for listening, and we hope that we can retain you for at least 30 seconds tonight, because if you make it for 30 seconds, we've got a super special surprise for you. What we got going on tonight, Shay? Well, we're going to do our first interview with a legend. So everybody
2: should really look forward to this. Because there's going to be some funny stories and probably something really not kosher.
1: Not not kosher, not really? Kosher, yeah. So you're already insulting other religions. Come on, <laughs> come on, man. I mean, you started it, so I just figured I'd keep going, too. Oh, gosh. See, you blame everything on me. You and your blasphemous heathen <laughs> self. So we do, in fact, have our first edition. Edition? Episode? Episodic edition? I don't know. The first edition of the hashtag LCD Legends series of the podcast. And we do have a legend with us tonight, don't we, Shay? Yeah, we do. We do. I am super stoked about this because it's somebody that I have known for several years now. And we'll explore that along with many other stories tonight. Is,
2: Is ICQ involved in this?
1: Anyway, the special guest we have tonight. We've even talked about many trucking influencers and this particular legend would definitely fill into that category as well, wouldn't you think, Shane?
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: So, the guy tonight, lowrider legend, world dance champion, friend of Casey Harden. i probably bleep that part out, but that's funny to me and Clint.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Y'all a bunch of assholes.
1: <laughs> Massive Star Wars fan, father to twin boys, rad wife, aviary full of parrots, I can only be talking about one person who has a bag 63 Impala wagon. That person is the one and the only legendary Clint Perkins. How you doing, Clint? I'm doing
0: good. How you guys doing?
1: We are doing absolutely awesome now that we've taken a few minutes to figure out what in the blue hell it is that we're doing on this side of the <laughs> microphone. Thank you for bearing with us tonight through all of our trials and tribulations as we try and get everything straightened up. Mm. So, this is our first Legend series, and to be quite honest, we don't have a plan. I have done a little introduction for you, but I have one serious question for you, Clint. Tell me. Oh, goodness, what's that? Tell me about the correlation of Jesus and parrots.
2: Okay. Um oh really, goodness. really want to know what this is now.
1: <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> Speak up plain. Oh no, oh no, this is this is I, I think he knows what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking
0: about. I just don't not quite know how to describe it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, Shay? I'm sure you have.
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In
1: Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, there is a glorious place on top of a mountain that the sun always beams down on and highlights the hand of God, if you will, to the perfection of random tropical parrots. Because nothing says Northeast Tennessee Jesus (laughs) like parrots. And this is a place my good friend Clint has actually went once or thrice and always revels in the grandeur and beauty of said Parrot Mountain in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Parrot Mountain? Parrot Mountain. See, Clint, he'll probably be one of the first to tell you, he's got a little bit of 606 in him, man. He, he has just a little bit of support for the mountain lifestyle and is a big fan of that region. And one of the ways I talked him into coming down and joining me once upon a time was by tempting him with a mountain paradise full of parrots. You didn't know. told did. him?
2: You told him there was a bunch
1: of parrots down here. Didn't, didn't I, Clint? <laughs> yes, he actually did. So, yeah, we ended up in Pigeon Forge. And uh, you've actually been back to Pigeon Forge a couple of times, if I'm not mistaken. One of the places that you took um your your oh god it's not Midwest Hoppers but what is the name of your hop team if you will
0: uh the midwest we were the uh Midwest All-Stars
1: Midwest All-Stars that was it at the time okay so you yep. actually traveled with the Midwest All-Stars and put on a show at a mini truck show uh in Pigeon Forge or in Sevierville rather the the Spark Show a couple years yes. ago if i'm not mistaken and uh, yeah and was that I can't remember which was your first time when you went down with us, or was that your first time to pitch and Forge then? The first
0: time was the first time I went down was for the, the trip. That was actually uh, the anniversary of it. It's actually coming up, uh, like next Tuesday, Wednesday, next uh-huh. Wednesday. Yeah, because it's actually my anniversary. Oh, okay. But, I got you. Was that was that when you went down? But, yeah.
1: and all the random local yokel kids were like, "Hey, buddy, you come down here for rod run?"
0: Oh, dear God. No, no, that was that was spring break last year when uh, they drove the you. wagon down there.
1: <laughs> yeah, when I showed up randomly in the middle of the night, like on a Tuesday, I remember that. Mm. One yes, of those, yes. One yes. of those random middle of the night lead trips that happen mm. sometimes. Mm. So so anyway, let's back way up. You know, you, I, we didn't bring you on here to talk about Pigeon Forge or, or more recent happenings. We introduced you as a legend, and you are a legend. Uh, in my eyes, and, and I'll be the first person to say that, you're somebody that I look up to and who has been nothing but bend-over-backwards kind to me who had no reason to be kind to me, but has been ultra kind to me since the moment we met. However, that was in 2011, 2012, something along those lines. And before then, I mean, obviously, you were already a legend, man. So let's go go way back. What brought you in to the lowrider world? What got you in? And and can I say that? Is my nomenclature right? I mean, (laughs) do I say the hop and dance world, the lowrider
0: world? What do I say
1: to be correct?
0: Well, to be honest, um, I mean, ever since I was, uh, you know, young, I mean, you know, single digits, I've had a thing for cars and, uh, we, uh, or, you know, growing up, my grandpa had a, uh, a 38 Ford, uh, business coupe. Okay. And,
3: uh, mm. I just, I mean, I
0: loved that car. He'd take me out and go to ice cream in it, and stuff like that. So I just, the car, cars was just in my blood from a young age. And then as I got older, old enough to drive, uh, I actually, I, my first car was a '66 Impala, and I was out. I used to go out and street race it. Yeah, big tank. I'd go out <laughs> and street race. Wait, wait and, uh, That's
1: that's a totally different direction than what I would have expected. Okay.
0: Right, right, exactly. But when I got a, a little older, uh, I moved out to Phoenix, Arizona, for a while and lived with my dad just to get a change, try a new life, whatever. And got out there and. I hadn't been out there a week or so and heard an ad on the radio for a local big indoor show, like a World of Wheels show or something on Autorama, something on those lines. And I went there and then got in the parking lot and mini trucks everywhere. Oh, so what Pilt you're bed. saying
1: is what you're saying is is that actually mini trucks got you into the low rider world?
0: Well, in the same day though, I walk inside and the entire building is full of chrome impalas, uh. and uh, yeah. I got a, a, just a sudden taste for the west coast mm. okay, okay and that's you know those style I mean and, you know there, there was big you know I saw my first fifteen inch Rockford Fossgate out there. Uh, <laughs> and came home, you know, the next year back to Indianapolis and told my buddy about it. And they go, 15-inch speakers? No way! <laughs> and, but so, I mean, I really had, when I was young, I had a taste for all of it. But then I blamed the dancing and whatnot on two people, and that's Casey Harden and Todd Will. Oh, okay. So
1: it was fair for me to drop Casey in your introduction there. I didn't realize he was such a Absolutely. big influence.
0: Because when when I worked, went to the first Indianapolis Lowrider show, I just happened to be sitting in the stands behind this little yellow truck. Didn't know anybody. Didn't know anybody. Just, just happened to get to the Lowriders show. First show I was going to see some Lowriders since I'd moved back from Phoenix, and uh, and it had been a long time. And uh, I'm sitting there, and I happened to be talking to some people that were sitting around me. And the, the hop starts, and I'm you know I'm sitting there with I'm. I was like jaw on the floor watching these, the, the the hoppers and the dancers and all that stuff. Cause I hadn't get to see anything like that even when I lived out there. <laughs> and uh, it, I was just I'm gonna do that. <laughs> that. That was I'm sitting there watching. I'm gonna do that. And then I find out that Casey had a shop 20 minute or 10 minutes from my house. And uh,
1: I'd actually forgot I started, that he you know, was
0: started going there and hanging out. And so at the time he was actually uh, Casey showed me a lot of stuff and Todd showed me a lot of stuff there. uh, I was going to say that that was actually Todd's shop. Al Al Satterfield used to work there, too.
1: That was actually Todd's shop in Indianapolis, right? Uh, No, Casey had one that was called Modern Designs. Oh, I didn't even know that. I know that the last time I, hell, I think it was the last time I seen Casey, we were in Indianapolis at a Slamology, is that in Indianapolis? Where's Slam at, Shay? Okay, we were were in Indianapolis at Slamology, and he was driving us around to find, quote-unquote, his old shop, but I was under the impression that it was actually he and Todd's shop, so it was actually just his, if I'm getting the city right here.
0: Yeah, I mean, Todd did have a shop in Indy, too, though.
1: Okay. Well, it was a sketchy, sketchy, sketchy neighborhood where we went, like, really, really sketchy.
2: That's
0: all of Indianapolis. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all of Indianapolis, so... Yeah, I mean, that could have been any one of the three shops that they were... Fair enough. Because Todd worked at a couple of different shops there, and, uh... And I think he worked out at Beauley's for a while, too. Oh, God. I,
1: I just, I'm so out of my element when it comes to this type of history. I know just enough to be dangerous. So getting to hear this from you is, is so rad to me. Okay, cool. So you literally just strolled in one night and walked in and said, Hey, I'm mother f- Clint Perkins, and uh, <laughs> teach me about lowriders.
0: <laughs> or, or, no, know- I mean, it wasn't quite that. I mean, I was kind of a, like, the, if you will, the, uh, the shot fly. Yeah, there for a while. Fly on the wall. that would just stop in and see what's up. Had didn't have a nickel to spend, but wanted to see what was going on. And they, you know that Casey was real cool about it. And, you know, awesome. You just kind of we'd start You know, kind of just would hang out, and I, and I'd go up there and waste way too much time. <laughs> <laughs> like I, sometimes I take my the, my stepkids that I had back then with me. Okay. From and we'd they'd hang out up there too. Uh, I mean, tell one time they were. Sitting in the Tonka, we're getting ready. We were getting ready to load it up for Casey to go to a show, and we forgot and left the ground on. My kids sat on the. Or my stepson sat on the switch box.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, that
0: was interesting. Oh yeah. Wow.
1: <laughs> did, did anybody die? Did anybody get hurt? <laughs> no, no.
0: No, no, I, but I was so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome.
1: You know, I take my kid to work; he gets to play video games. You take your kids to work; they get to like play around on a world truck dancing champion. That's that's uh that's pretty wild. So, so where did it go from there? What was your first build? I mean, what what got you into actually? Because I mean, you're a hell of a fabricator. What got you into that side of things? Um, well,
0: honestly, I d I wanted to work on lowriders and trucks and whatnot so bad that, I mean, I uh, I found a car that a friend of mine bought from a, like a, a banded car auction, the 64 okay. Bel Air that had hydraulics on it. And I ended up buying the car from him after he let me completely take the hydraulics out of it, take it all back, take it apart, put it all back together to figure out how it worked. And then I was hooked. So then I talked to him into selling me the car. So that was my, my first juiced lowrider. And but prior, I had started two different 720 uh, King Cab or <laughs> yeah King Cab 720s that I unfortunately never finished. But. I,
1: I I knew that you had a 720 route somewhere. I wasn't exactly sure where it came into play, but I know that's always been kind of a passion of yours as well.
0: Yeah, I love those old trucks, and that's, I fell in love with that show I was talking about in Arizona when I walked in there. There was one that was all you know all chrome scissor on it with a z-rack on top of that nice uh candy blue uh mickey mouse airbrushed on the snug top i mean <laughs> the truck was really cool man. so sixteen so, by 10s
1: nice so give oh. us a time period when was this uh, that's something i forgot to ask what kind of year are we uh, talking
0: here see, that would have been
1: late 80s oh almost,
2: almost oh in my the prim- god
1: that was almost in the prime man wow i didn't realize <laughs> that it actually went that far back for you that's pretty wow. wild and I say that respectfully because you ain't that much older than me. But I didn't realize you've been involved that long. That is wild.
0: Okay, so anyway, but, I mean, I really didn't start getting my hands on cars until you know back into the more into the '90s. But I mean, I, other than my like my my own cars, I had at the time. But I never really got to be into any kind of a quote unquote build until into the '90s. And then I ended up actually going to uh, broke which was a shop that used to be in 80s.
1: What actually brought you into the professional? building? Because that's you've worked for a few shops, and I know that's something that you've done and you're quite renowned for is actually putting together uh, some pretty amazing hoppers. But then at the same time, you've done some amazing custom builds as well. So how did you get the start in that? What actually made this a career for you?
0: Well, honestly, I started doing installs out of my driveway. Wow. Just because I wanted to learn how to put hydraulics on cars. There was a shop that used to be open at in Indianapolis called Lowenbrook Customs, and the owner, his name's uh, Gilbert Guerra. And I was buying parts from him and doing installs for dirt cheap out of my driveway. Wow. And I mean, by installs, back then it was literally just the bare minimum to get a car to go up and down. But he ended up calling me in one day and told me that he... he uh, I told him I was either going to have to raise my prices or he was going to start selling me or stop selling parts. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because I was doing so many of them. Killing his business. And yeah. Gotcha. He was killing his install business. And uh, so then I kind of backed off on that for a while. Then one of the installers that was working for him was moving from Indianapolis down back down to uh, Louisville and he needed somebody there. I went up there and uh, started working up there for him. And so, basically, so my first shop job—I guess you want to call it—would be there at uh, Lowenbrock Customs in Indy. And wow. uh, I learned a lot working there. A lot of it was, you know, by the old trial and error. Well, there was unfortunately a lot of error back then.
1: <laughs> no, that's that's awesome though.
0: But uh, but we—I mean—but this was—and was, when I say it, by error, I mean that we were everybody was doing it wrong back then. Right. People weren't realizing. What we were doing to these cars back then?
1: Well, at that point and, it was still heavily West Coast too, if I'm not mistaken, right I mean there wasn't a whole lot of experts you could really go out and talk to right
0: By, the, by this point, cool cars in Louisville was doing a lot of good install work and stuff, but the smaller shops had not gotten far advanced and when the, you know certain installers you know would go from one shop to another, the, you know then the customers would follow. right um, Well you know, by the amount of people I'd been working out of my driveway, I had a lot of guys followed me when I started there at Lowenbrook. so I, you know, I got a lot of experience that way. And then I, I also talked to uh, Jason Grimes, who uh, worked for Low, for worked for Gilbert Lowenbrook for a while, but worked for Cool Cars for a real long time. He is a great fabricator. He's, I mean, he builds some amazing vehicles now. But he's the one that actually got me kind of hooked into the the hopping and dancing as well as Casey. Okay, because by this point. They were like they were actually letting me get in there. Like Blinky would actually show me or Jason Grimes would show me how he would do certain things and why he would do certain things. And was teaching me about suspension geometry for on a hopper or things like that. And it's just things like that that just carried on. You know, then you know, then we would hear things through other installers that would know. You know, we would literally pass information from shop to shop. Hey, try this, try that, and by that you know, these guys would go out West and see something, come back and share the information out here. We would try it. Then we put our own twist on it. And then, then, you know, with, uh, Stanley Staten and Lexington. Oh my God. There's a name. I've not the heard Billy Hopper. Time. Himself, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he's taken a few uh, and a select few, but very dedicated, very good installers and taught them some things. And then I've had the benefit to get some of that information from those, from them. You know, so back, that has helped. back then yeah. we just told and
1: we didn't we didn't have the access that Facebook and, and the internet provides. I mean, yeah, the internet was around, but it wasn't like everybody could go on and share a full blown project thread and show five hundred pictures of how something was done. A lot of it was purely trial and error. Right. We filled a lot of junkyards
0: <laughs> because you know guys would guys would get a, a cutlass, you know, or something and put come up and have us put a two pump setup on it with no reinforcement whatsoever and then go out and just beat the crap out of the car for a month, six months, whatever and then man my my frame's broke or the cylinder came through <laughs> here or this did that. Oh well, my. okay. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm going to I'm going to deviate a little bit. What is the worst install? screw up that you have ever seen and that's not really the the path i was going but i'm curious now that you say you know these vehicles coming in that the frames haven't been wrapped and, and a cylinder shooting up through the trunk. what is the worst install screw up that you've ever laid eyes on or even had to fix
0: i got asked to work on a suburban that had hydraulics on it oh my god and this suburban Oof. was pur- candy purple with an it was an old body style suburban With a Alien Eye grill, bright yellow and purple interior. Oh, my God. TVs everywhere, gold spinning wheels.
1: This is early 2000s then,
0: huh? It
2: has to be. It has to be.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: rough. And this thing was juiced. The rear cylinders were welded to the frame of the back of the truck. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then welded to the axle. Oh, oh my God. God! And they couldn't figure out why it kept breaking. But I wonder.
2: There's no way. I mean,
0: <laughs> I, wow! Won't they explode if you weld them? Hell, I never thought about that. they're fluid I, field. I see. It's not. That's not explode. I can see one split from getting you know the Too odd. getting weak. That's and then the welding. Of course, then the the. I mean, I I tack weld some things to some cylinders from time to time, but when I do it, I use a TIG welder. So it's concentrated heat. Yeah things like that. Yeah. But but no, the way this was done, it looked like somebody went in there with an old Sears arc welder and just... <laughs> <that>
1: <laughs> <ate>. <laughs> I love it. That's outstanding. So the Suburban, when you put the
2: hydraulics on a Suburban where they're so heavy, and I'd say it probably needs lots of reinforcement, wouldn't it?
0: Uh, I mean, a truck frame will tend to hold, I mean, a full-size truck anyway will tend to hold a little better, but I mean, anytime you're going to put hydraulics on something, you should reinforce it. I mean, that's just all there is to it. It's... We're talking about thousands of pounds of pressure versus something when you bag it, we're talking hundreds of pounds.
1: So yeah. do you That's reinforce ready. it before or after you weld the cylinder directly to the axle? <laughs> oh, well, you know, you might as well do it both. <laughs> okay, so we got your best shop story as far as you're, as you're fixing. Now let's talk some road stories because oh, yeah. again, these are stories that you've told me before and you've told me some that I think I have awesome stories from the mini truck world. And you just pretty much are like, here, hold my beer. Let me let me show you how this is done. So <laughs> you've told me some great stories. If you had to pull one right off the rip, just right off the top of your head, what is your favorite all-time lowrider show story? And I know you've got some awesome super show story hanging out that I've never heard before. T- this actually podcast is really just for my own entertainment. So tell me what you think I want to hear. Yeah, we're bored at
0: home. <laughs> we're really bored. <laughs> This was probably my, one of my proudest moments or probably one of my most embarrassing moments. But It's
1: going to be good. Uh, oh, yes. as you a, start a I story. I was at the Vegas
0: Super Show, and I had earlier in the year done a show in Colorado, and after the show was over, the uh, head judge walked up to me and, was, and patted me on the back and said, told me that was the, the best run I've seen you do. If you can keep that up, I think I just saw this year's champion. So...
1: Wow. You know, that huh.
0: instantly, nobody ever said anything to me nearly like this ever in the amount of time that I was dancing trucks and whatnot. So I'm all excited. I'm, so I, the next couple of shows, I completely bombed. The truck is just terrible and I'm sick to my stomach. So we, I, we drive all the way, we go all the way up to Vegas. I get out there to do my run and three hits of the switch in the truck goes up on sides and breaks an axle. Oh, oh man. Oh, and I'm just sick to my stomach, but I, you know, if you if you stop, you're disqualified. So I keep trying, I keep going, I'm trying, and I'm mad. I, I mean, I'm cussing and I'm just boiling. But the entire time I was have ever was ever in the the radical dance class, I never let them come in with a forklift and pick up my truck and carry it out. Wow. I always rolled it out, no matter how bad it was broke. I always rolled it out. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, kind of going out on your shield, pretty I, much. I, right, I, and. At the end of this run, the poor truck's just beat. I I actually rolled it over with only three wheels on it. I get done. (laughs) I didn't get that great of a score, but, I mean, I was deserving of the score because the truck was broke. I mean, it is what it is. (laughs) And I'm getting my stuff together, and I'm just so mad at this point, and I'm just like, screw that truck. And I turn around to walk away, and Wayne Costa's dad's standing there with a plaque, and they'll present me the Wayne Costa Award.
1: Now, I'm assuming this is being after a he, good sport I'm assuming th- <laughs> this is after Wayne passed right yes, yes, this
0: is after we'd lost Wayne D- did you so, know him pretty well I'm, i I didn't get to meet him i I saw him perform a few times, but I never got to meet him. I know he was friends with Casey, but I mean I was a huge fan of his, and I see this guy and I you know I see his dad and I see this the plaque and they start announcing me and as for being a good sport, after I was just out there just <laughs> boiling, you're, you're currently kicking the
1: truck in the background. and They're presenting you this award. Right. We got you. Now was this you the know, jackhammer?
0: And I even let him pick it up. With, at that point, I just turned around and pointed at the forklift. I was like, uh-huh. "Just pick it up. Let's go." <laughs> now was
1: th- was Clint? Was this the I jackhammer was, at this point? Awesome. Yeah, it was jackhammer. I have that tailgate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was that tailgate, too. Yes. <laughs> I'm damn proud of that tailgate. Um, so, so anyway, one of my first ever lowrider memories, and I say that intentionally, was at the Sport Compact Super National slash lowriders show slash indoor flea market slash craft trade show in Pigeon Forge that Charlie Cobble did one year. And it was kind of a amalgamation of all sorts of different events combined. But uh, we were there on the strip, as you would be, and I was probably – I skipped one of my proms to go there. So I think I was probably 17 or eight. I think I was 18.
2: You skipped a prom to go to a show? Dude, I
1: skipped a prom and my graduation to go to shows.
2: You skipped your graduation too? Hell
1: yeah, I did. I There's know. still a yellow sash hanging up somewhere that I think I'm supposed to hang myself with or something. I don't know. But anyway, we're hanging, out, we're hanging out on the strip. And at the time, I had, of course, I never met Wayne. I had been in the same presence of him, but I never actually met him because of the time I seen him to perform, I was just too damn young to to have the right to even go up and speak to him. But we're hanging out on the strip and the Mitsu is just hanging out, you know, coming down the strip, pancake down, and then does a four wheel bunny hop right there on Main Strip and Pigeon Forge when it was green. Uh, Wow! oh dude, my jaw hit the floor, just total control of the vehicle. And that's what I respected so much. I mean, never wavered at all. Popped off four wheels and then just kind of cruised on. Man, I, I'm pretty sure I wet my pants and my jaw hit the floor. And it was just such a life changing moment for me, and, and and it was a Mighty Max. At the time, I had a D50, so it was really just you know hitting close to home. And that same event, right. uh, that same event, he actually got pinned against a dumpster by the truck. He was dancing the truck behind the uh, Travel Lodge at the end of the strip in Pigeon Forge, and they had never done a lowrider show there. They had no idea as far as safety parameters go. Now, granted, I can't say anything because the h-word we weren't exactly the best on safety parameters but what's what's safety yeah well we'll get back to that that's (laughs) that's the next line of questioning but that being said uh wayne actually got pinned by his truck against a dumpster he was trying to back away when he was hopping it and it rolled into him now it didn't hurt him But he did this very cinematic, you know, Wilhelm scream, if you will, and really just played it up. It was just terrifying, but it was an awesome moment. Uh, From what I ever knew about him, he was a super cool cat, and that was just a, a tragedy, you know. And you see that sometimes. Uh, that's, a, that's a reminder, I guess, when we're out on the road late at night, you know, that always kind of pops into my head. Uh, scary stuff. Anyway, blah, right. blah, 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 blah. The whole point of this podcast is we name drop everybody we have ever possibly met ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know 99% of the people I talk about, but you know what? I've seen them once <laughs> walk, walking by the show. <laughs> so anyway, talking about safety, and that does bring in a line of question I kind of want to get into. You have hopped at some of the most renowned events. And I say hop, and, and, Clint, I'm not trying to insult you. You know I'm I'm a dumbass when it comes to the proper terminology for this. But you've danced at some of the world's most renowned events, some of the lowrider super shows. I think you've probably danced in Miami and stuff, right? Well, anyway. Yes, I have danced in Miami. That's awesome. Well, anyway, that being said, what's the worst? And you don't even have to mention the show unless you just really want to. But what is the most unsafe, horrible place that, okay, let's that do this. H we don't word. want to piss off any. No, we know that was a hole. <laughs> okay, we don't want to piss off any show promoters unless you just want to. But tell us about the worst environment that you've ever had to dance in, or you've been responsible for bringing dancers or hoppers to. You know, what is the sketchiest behind a barn on a dirt ground at a thirty degree <laughs> angle? What's the worst place you've ever had to hop in? And like I said, you don't have to tell us a show promoter or even the city or anything, but just paint us a picture if you will.
0: Well, honestly, as far as Safety goes. I'm gonna say the worst situation I personally have witnessed was I was a show in uh, I believe it was Wisconsin, but I'm, I'm not sure, so I don't want to quote that. But no, that's cool. I was in a show up north somewhere, um, and mind you, when I say this was unsafe, it was unsafe by the show spectators. The people who were putting on the show had tried everything that they could, okay, to make this experience great, but um they the well, a car had just finished hopping and he pulled out of the hopping area and he parked his car up on three and this girl walks up and said can I take a picture with your car he says yes she gets under she gets in front of the car she takes she takes the picture or he you know someone takes her picture she right. gets up and goes to move another girl i believe was how it worked went down another girl jumps down the guy who was owned the car thought they were done and went to set the car back down on the ground and set the car down on this girl. Holy shit. Dude, no way. Um, I mean, and she was okay. She played it up pretty bad. You know, she tried to make it a lot worse than it really was, but, um, but it was her own stupidity and him, you know, the one girl takes the picture. He thought it was, he thought they were done. You know, he said, yes, you can take a picture. Oh
1: my God. And then, wow. You know, and, th- and that brings up into question, I mean, as far as insurance and things like that, Events and I've been from that side of it. You have to really ramp your insurance up for that kind of stuff. I mean, because there, you know, you're moving a four thousand pound vehicle with thousands of pounds of pressure. You said that is a it's a death sentence if you're not careful. Yeah,
0: right. So, and then actually, there was another one that was that I'll blame it on the show. I went, went to a couple of hops at Cruise Fest. Wow! And in the they had no crowd control whatsoever.
1: Tell me the hops were in the mud.
0: No, they actually had a concrete pad, but it was not near big enough. Gotcha. And there was no kind of, I mean, there wasn't even, like, uh, safety tape up, anything. It was just, you know, please don't stand on the concrete. Well, you know, people that (laughs) attended,
1: you know, the people that attended Cruise Fest, I mean, they were obviously the most sober and and (laughs) safety-conscious people that ever existed, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) okay safety first <laughs> wow. so like how many states have you actually traveled to because i love living vicariously through these stories it amazes me you know when i get a chance to listen to somebody like you or shannon bullis you know somebody that's literally went coast to coast you know have you have you hopped in california no i have not hopped in california but you have nevada I have right wanted to, but obviously nevada but i have not but i have vegas okay i yes. got you wow um how about like you know? Well, you said Miami, so I mean, really, you've covered most of the country. In all sincerity, um, yeah. Payouts, and I'm not asking you about money or anything like that, but I know how the mini trucker mentality is. You know, if if we actually made money off mini truck shows, ninety percent of us would go to a show with like ten bucks in our pocket because we would be so convinced we're going to win, and then we get there and we get shafted or or you know whatever, and would just kind of have to thumb a ride home. In the lowrider world, was that a common thing? Did a lot of the guys literally kind of—I don't want to say—live paycheck to paycheck? But did you, or not you necessarily? But did people hinge their their successes on kind of really their ability to get home? You know, was was the finances there? Were you spending money of the prize money in your head to get out to the shows and back?
2: They get prize does, money. Does that question make sense? They get prize money. Do you get prize money? Yeah.
1: The, yeah. Ugh.
0: Sometimes, yes. Sometimes yeah, we yeah, would yeah, get prize yeah. money. And if um, not, that's
1: the whole point of this question. They're sitting there on their ass <laughs> right beside the road.
0: Right. Uh, no, I know that there were people who were out and about that probably shouldn't have tried to make that trip. And there was probably more than once that that guy was me. <laughs> uh, but, but at the same time, I mean, when you, have, when you find a group of people, whether it be, you know, a group of people in a, a sport or a car club or that guys that like to hop cars or guys that build mini trucks, whatever the case may be, you find a group of people that are that dedicated. You're, it's almost like you have to be there. The, the, the draw becomes like you're expected to show up. And once you put so much time and work into something, it's all, if you don't make it, then that's when you have failed. It's not when you get there and then the truck breaks. Right. It's the fact you didn't get there. Mm.
2: Okay, I understand I, that. I got stories about being stuck beside the road Yeah, before. you know. It, <laughs> it's it, kind of like a normal thing, isn't it?
1: Well, I have broke down more times coming home, it seems like, than on the way there, luckily. But, you know, same thing as being in the garage all night the night before and just not being able to cut the tree up. That's the most miserable feeling yeah, in the world. Is. So
2: About 5 a.m., you're like... Yep, I'm not gonna get done in time.
1: Have you ever had any late night ones like that, Clint, where you're just trying to trying to trying to get ready, and, and you know you just finally at seven o'clock in the morning you have to call it?
0: I have been to the point where there was absolutely no way that I mean, like I was I had a group of people tell me it's not worth it. You don't bother, and still made it to the show the next morning. Wow!
1: Wow! I'm just, wow!
2: I can't honestly say that.
1: I've uh, I've actually seen you working on plenty of vehicles in the parking lots before and I think that's just kind of part of the culture too. You know, you guys are so competitive. Yeah. Uh you're expected to work in the pits if you will. You know, chances are something's right. going to break. You know, did you keep spares for everything when you went to these shows? I
0: mean, did you have like, you know, extra- Uh it depended on the show like, you know, when we would do Carl Casper, where we would I would you had to hop at least 3 out of the 4 runs through the weekend. Wow. Yeah, I would we would show up I mean, we'd show up with extra wheel tires. You know, I mean, we had people would bring in welders. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've welded more than one A-arm for somebody in the pit That's just to try to get it. them back out their next run. You
1: know, you were kind enough to hook me up with a VIP pass a couple of years ago at the next, I guess, next to last Carl Casper or, or something like that. It's a shame. And and Mar-as- man, good being in the pit was an amazing experience. I'm I'm really lucky that you you did that for me. And me and Dad got to, me and Dad, Dad and I got to go down and, and actually take advantage of your kindness there. But man, it was intense. You know, just that trying to get everybody ready and 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 fixing the problems as they arose. And I, and one thing I respect the hell out about you is you would help everybody. You know, you weren't just helping your team. I've personally witnessed you helping pretty much anybody there with a problem. Uh, is there a sense of, I guess, you know, brotherhood in that regard? Do the lowrider guys really just kind of flock to help each other? Or a lot of times where it's a competitive thing, do they say, you know, hell no,
0: you're on your own? Uh, it depends on what it is. I think if I mean, everybody's got their secrets. Right. It's just like racing. Everybody's got their little tricks and their little secrets that they're not going to share with somebody. But for the most part, it's. I mean, these guys pretty much all want to help each other uh, because you never know. You might if, if this guy shows you something or this guy helps you to get this fixed. You don't know what's going to happen the next time around. He may be able to show you something you've never seen before, or right. he may be able to fix something that you didn't think was fixable in that amount of time. Whatever the case may be. So it's it's a it's it just becomes a big shared experience at that point.
1: Right. Okay. That makes mm. sense. And I
0: think that's one of the reasons why it's people. You know, a lot of us were so driven that even though. You know, maybe financially or equipment wise or whatever, we should, probably shouldn't have been there, we would make the trips anyway. That's because cool. almost like that would be like the only time that things felt normal.
1: <laughs> huh. Wow, you just you just gave huh. me the pull quote for the beginning of this episode. I love that. That's huh. uh that's really rad. Huh. Speaking of normal, how are you entertaining yourself right now, man? How's this how's this summer going for you so far? Uh been doing the same thing I've been doing for a while, sitting in this house. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Keeping my kids,
0: keeping my, keeping my kids out of trouble.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, blame them, right? So, so have you watched The Mandalorian? Absolutely. Wow. I am seven episodes in. Luke and I have not watched the final episode. It's good. What do you think?
0: Oh, it's it's good. Well, I, I very, very much like
1: it. I, I'm legit impressed with it. I like the storyline direction. I think I enjoy it a lot more than the last couple of spin off movies. I think I think we can all probably agree that Solo sucked.
2: Oh, I like Solo. Did you really? I, I did. I like knowing okay. the background of Han Solo.
1: Yeah, but if it's not Harrison Ford. I did Ford, too. It, but, if Ford, it, but if it's not Harrison Ford, it's not, it didn't I don't matter. know. It, didn't it, didn't matter. it was <laughs> doesn't Star matter.
0: It doesn't matter. Great to, this is what people have to remember when it comes to Star Wars, man. You got to think about it through the mind of an eight-year-old because that's who it was written for. <laughs> that's true. This this
1: is why I love Clint. Did you hear the intensity ramp ramp up <laughs> yeah, just then? Oh, yeah.
3: oh, yeah. oh,
1: yeah. oh yeah, talking low riders, and talking at, low lowriders, talking the end, Star Wars. Ramp. Yeah. And,
2: and at the end, man, my jaw was on the ground.
1: Are we talking about <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's I, I watched it once. I was bored. It was. I did not. You need like to rewatch it. it. it was wonderful. Now, now, Rogue One was amazing. I liked Rogue One too. I'm a huge Donnie Yen fan. And, and maybe the most important question I ask you on this podcast was he a jedi or no? <laughs> who
0: was that, I'm sorry?
1: Donnie Yen in Rogue One. And I and I'm blanking on his actual Star Wars name, the only blind martial artist in the whole thing, Donnie Yen, one of the greatest oh, martial artists arts Oh, in the world. okay, I know who you're
0: talking about. I'm
1: sorry. He I didn't know his actual name. Was he a jedi he or not?
2: He wasn't a traditional jedi.
1: Bullshit. He was. No, I disagree. Was Come on now.
2: Not. No, he was not.
1: But okay, he was not.
2: He wasn't. He wasn't he even to... said
1: he wasn't. Yes, but, but he was strong in the force. That's not really how it works. But...
0: Oh, that is how it works. But there <laughs> is a lot. There are a lot of force wielders though that de- that did not choose a side.
1: That's true. Well,
2: okay. Gray, well, you have the gray knights too, who were neutral and they didn't really choose a side.
1: What the hell are the gray knights? The
2: gray knights were They're... the in between the light and the dark.
1: What is this from? What poor part of canon have I missed here? I, I, I Clint, know... what are the gray knights? Um, I'm. Is, is, are the gray knights? Canon, Trey. I want to say they were written
2: into a book, and I think it was on the Clone Wars great.
1: episodes. Oh my god, I love this! I love how this is totally deviated. I, this pretty, is great.
2: I, I'm pretty sure they're on, on one, one Clone Wars episode.
1: Oh. And uh,
2: okay, um, I couldn't. I honestly can't remember. I, I can't remember off the top
1: of my Isn't head. Isn't the but, cartoon? Come yes, on. Yes.
0: Well, the, the, it's it's canon. It, it's canon. Is it canon? It plan? is. You cannot, you can't say you know anything about the Star Wars storyline if you haven't watched Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah, I
2: haven't I have, watched Rebels yet. Uh, I, I'm finishing up Clone Wars because they released that last season where Disney finally finished it. I've died. watched
1: the uh-huh, movies. Uh. I've just watched the movies and Mandalorian other than one episode. Well, I'm going
2: to be honest with you, them last three, um, crap. It's just,
1: I disagree. I, I actually enjoyed them. Really? Yeah, I actually, I actually enjoyed them. Uh, 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 well, I mean, I don't like the way they ended Luke, obviously. But at the the same time, it was no different than the way that Obi-Wan Kenobi was ended. So, you know, it's just J.J. Abrams is not the proper director or was not the proper director for that in my opinion. Uh, no. no yeah. Okay, anyway, too, too much moving right along, what is the whole point? Who's our guest again? Uh, we're talking about Star Wars. We're uh, talking about Star- <laughs> this Comic Cons. Is there anybody that can talk to me about Doctor Who so I feel important? Okay.
2: I was still astonished that Palpatine uh, showed back up for those two, by the way. that was, uh, My jaw was on the ground when I found that was going on.
1: And this is what you signed up for, Clint. <laughs> this is why we are nothing like any other podcast out there. I love Star Wars. We're we're not gonna talk nuts and bolts. Oh no. We're gonna talk fanfic and pop culture. Oh yes. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I love cults. That, he loves cults. All right. So I like cults. I see. He likes cults too. <laughs> Come on now, man. Oh Jesus. This is this is fun. I, I enjoy this greatly. Yes, there will be some post production. I'm gonna have to remove a few things, but I've enjoyed this immensely. All right, cool. So, so
2: You know, uh, does something always break? I've always wondered. It's kind of a good question. It really is. I'm like, every time you go compete, does does something always break, or do you occasionally? Not always.
0: And it.
1: Hey Shay. Hey Shay. It it took me a long
2: time to get to that point.
1: The only thing that breaks are hearts when Clint kicks their ass in the pit, man. Oh,
2: that's what it is. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Okay. So you know the H word. Uh, We're not going to talk about that much, but. I do have to bring up this story about the old Todd Wilt Toyota when you guys hopped it in downtown. Um, the wheel, do you remember the 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 busting the tire? Yes. Uh, just continuously going with that, that, and I realize this is a totally Chris Farley moment. I'm just I'm just asking if you remember it. I'm gonna be like, yeah, that was rad. You know that was rad. <laughs> that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And I guess a lot of that has to do with the fan interaction and stuff like that. So when you have a good crowd, does it kind of, I don't know, motivate you all
0: to do a better show if you will? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you feel the crowd behind you, it's a pretty it's a pretty wild rush, I won't lie. I mean, I, once I once I got started and got out there and actually had my first got my first good run under my belt and actually Felt like I had done a good job out there. Then I actually relaxed a little bit where I could start to enjoy and hear the crowd behind me and whatnot. And yeah, I mean, I was, I was was pretty wild, but there were times up to that, that I would be so nervous that you probably could have had a 20 minute conversation with me and I wouldn't have even known that we had the conversation.
1: (laughs) You know, I've seen you hit a level of intensity. I, I wouldn't call it nervous. You uh you you hit a different gear when you are prepping for one of these shows. You don't dick around. You take it very seriously, and it's a pleasure to watch you work. I mean, again, and not just at the H word, but at several other events, I've been lucky enough to kind of see you in that zone. Man, you hit a different gear. Uh, it's it's awesome to watch. And so like, when you get done with a run, and, and again the crowds and itself stuff, that's just got to be a relief to you, if nothing else. It's just kind of a you know, yes, I did it. Uh, and now I kind of get to sit oh, back yeah. and enjoy it.
0: That's yeah, nice. it gives you a chance to to take a big deep breath and calm back down and so all that.
1: Other than the payouts and stuff, is the crowd your favorite parts of those kind of shows? To be honest with you, the payouts
0: were just a bonus for me in, in most cases because I, I, I would you know I would need the money to get home a lot of times, or you know, or at least not necessarily to get home, but it would it made getting home a little bit easier, a little more comfortable. Oh, right yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But. Um, but other than that, the money, all the money, did was was helping help me pay for what I was tearing up. Because really, the crowd and like kids come up and asking questions and stuff right. like that. That's what made it all. Why I kept coming back. And and
2: so I have to ask this now. Just, you talked about people asking questions. What's the dumbest question you've ever been asked to the point where you just looked at them like, are, are you
0: are you stupid? <laughs> I was sitting at a rest stop coming experience. home from a show on the East Coast. <laughs> Actually, Englishtown, New Jersey, I was coming home from. And on the side of my truck, I had a sticker that was plugging a lowrider photographer's webpage, and it. it was called hydroguru.com. And this guy walks up to me and said, Hey, sir, is that truck running water?
1: tell me God! tell me that you answered it in kind please say yes I looked
0: at him and said I don't even have an answer for that and walked away (laughs) you know that's a trip I wish that
1: Casey Harden had been with you on because Casey would have not only said yes it does he would have took the time to draw out schematics and explained how the hydrogen separation would actually work (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> something i've always wondered you got involved in mini truck shows in a pretty big way whether by fate or by choice or what have you and you have become a fixture at a lot of you know major mini truck shows in the region you've you've definitely made your presence known so you've been around us crazy ass mini truckers enough to really know many of us and compare and contrast for me in the low rider world versus my world versus Shay's world the mini truck world so do you see a lot of similarities between those two groups are they so similar that they're completely cohesive or do you see a lot of differences I mean are they two totally different groups of people does that question make sense
0: yeah the question makes complete sense but it's there's there's so many different levels to that because you've got in you've got groups you two different groups that in in many of their minds they're they're two complete opposites of a spectrum. Then, you know, myself standing in the middle, I see a lot of similarities both directions because they're both, you know, everyone's, you know, dedicated to their cars. I mean, the the lowrider guys do seem to, as as a whole, especially out west, they do a lot of, like every Sunday, is go to the park and have a picnic. Oh, that's really cool. It doesn't matter what club you're in. It doesn't matter, you know, whatever. If you've got a lowrider, go to the park, everybody hangs out, have a picnic. We should have a picnic. (laughs) So, so
1: you see a lot of family type camaraderie, I guess, in the lowrider world. They seem to be more involved in doing those type of events.
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems like you see a lot of you know just laid back Sunday. Now, don't be wrong. In every group, you've got your you know hardcore partiers. Your, you know, the, oh yeah. The, the, the uh, look at me guy, um, whatever. And then like you and I've talked about before, Lee, you get with both we, on both sides. We have the t shirt riders. Well, I was going yeah, to ask, you guys, I'm
1: so glad you said that because I wanted, you to, I wanted you to define the term T-shirt riders for the listeners because I think this is something that's universally appealing. I think everybody needs to know what the hell this is. That is such a cool thing to me. Well, I mean, not a cool thing, but it's so glad that it's defined.
0: I mean, by my definition anyway of a T-shirt rider, you have guys that are they are, in a club they, for either a short time, long time, what have you, that i don't care that to me it doesn't matter but they're out there representing that club but you've never once seen them pull up in anything or push up anything or, or post a picture of working on something or anything buried uh-huh. they, they're there because they just want to be part of the group huh. you got that in both worlds and huh. i mean i don't get me wrong. If you're a, if you're a fan of the scene, be a fan of the scene. Absolutely, I think it's great. Right. Please be an enthusiast. But at the same time, I mean, if you're not contributing to the scene, don't pretend that you're contributing to the scene. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't. I use the term "scene" because uh, I don't know know what other word to use. Yeah, we use it all the time here too. We don't have any other word for it either.
1: There is always in the mini um, truck in the mini truck world. There is always some kid, and I say kid, it could be somebody that's. 21 or 45 it doesn't matter but there's always some kid that's at every show wearing the newest whatever t-shirt vendor du jour is you know whatever the popular one of the day is wearing the newest t-shirt and they always want to be involved and they want to tell you about the project they have at home and they want to be they always offer always offer help at your show you know hey man you need me to judge you need me to do anything and that's cool But you know that these people are just there to be seen, and they're going to be like, they may work for three minutes, get the free staff shirt, and then they're going to go bolt and hang out with their buddies. But, you know, three months later, oh, yeah, I worked at that show. I was a judge there. (laughs) And then nobody ever seen them. Um, so we get those too, and, and Shay, you know oh. the exact kid I'm yeah. talking about because oh, he's yeah. been at a hundred of your events. Oh yeah, and he's yeah. always like, I don't know where Shay is. We got to get this show on the road. I'm like, dude, who the hell are you?
2: I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> we'll <laughs> and, talk about that later. <laughs>
1: that exactly who it is, T-shirt rider. I, I mean, like that. Isn't that I
2: great? That, that is great, T-shirt rider. So that is perfect. And
0: and and by that, I mean is, I get it. There's guys that are you know been working on their projects for X number of years or what have you. That's great. And 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 by all means, by, if they're contributing, and they're doing their part to their club or the, and whatever. That's great. But a lot, I think, what makes gives a lot of clubs a negative out or a, a, people get a negative outlook towards a lot of clubs on both sides, lowriders and mini trucks, is the fact that you see some of these groups with that many T-shirt riders. <laughs> and then uh, they don't have that many
2: vehicles. Do, do you think you see more t-shirt riders in national or small clubs?
0: Oh, it's a national thing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, Interesting. Very, I love it. More, very. I mean, but it, there is some local stuff too, though. I mean, wow. I, I see it I mean, even around here. And I, once again, by all means, be an enthusiast. But if that's what you are, is just an enthusiast, then portray yourself as such. Oh, absolutely. Because, because, because... In all honesty, I don't know how many times I've literally, you know, thought forever that someone was somebody like huge in some club or something and find out that they hadn't had a car in the last 20 years.
1: (laughs) But but we all know those people. They constantly talk about this project that they're getting ready to come out with that will set the world on fire, right?
3: Yeah. Uh Yeah. Right. And
1: and Clint, you and I ran into that at the last H-word. Dumpster Um, fire. There was a, and we won't mention names, but there was a gentleman that wanted to perform that we decided it would be best to run through you. And, of course, we don't even think the truck even existed. But, you know, to listen to him tell it, it was going to be the, the world-beating. And, again, not a story for this episode. We'll, you and I will talk about that some right, other right. time. But you know what I'm talking about, I think. So, anywho- Oh, I remember
0: exactly what you're talking about. The funniest part is I never even got a message.
1: Oh, my God. So so when I told him that that, that the Clint Perkins was, was handling all the aspects of that, he never even wrote
2: you? <laughs> he knew what was going to happen. Right.
1: Oh, I love it. That is great. That is great. So, you know, we're talking about clubs, and we're talking about the functions that a lot of the lowrider clubs do. Shay and I both are big fans of clubs, and we think that they just contribute so much to their respective scenes. They're so important. Well, yeah, whether that's the lowrider scene or the mini truck scene. or All scenes. and Yeah, all scenes. Ugh, I hate the term scenes, but what the hell else do you say? I mean, say? what did you call it yeah. at this point? So, talking about clubs, you know, Clint, you've been involved in a big club for a long time, right? Uh,
0: for probably five or six years
1: now. Yeah, so to the best of my knowledge, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, you were the president of the Derby City chapter of relentless and relentless is a classic car slash lowrider style club and i don't know where it's based out of we'll let you tell us about that but i know that you guys in louisville have done a lot of functions for the community you do a lot of cruises and things like that you want to talk a little bit about that club involvement and what you guys do yeah
0: we're uh we're based out of uh sacramento california we were uh founded by uh a guy named jay walding um he's uh built a couple of quite a few really nice cars. He was actually a mini trucker back in the day. He actually used to work for FBI. So chances are, if you ordered from FBI back in the day, you have probably talked to my club founder. My, my uh,
1: first ever air ride suspension setup came from FBI in 2001, man. Blitz luff valves, whatever house brand bags they had, and I remember they sent me a bag of pretty much Home Depot fittings <laughs> and a seven-gallon tractor trailer tank, you know, with the saddles and everything. It was a, it was
3: it was it was a different world back then. I was,
1: was a, that's for sure. We've come a hell of a long way from that to like flow tanks and things of that nature now. But yeah, that's cool. That's I, for sure. We all we all remember FBI some fondly, some not so fondly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean we're uh,
0: well we 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 uh, basically describe ourselves as true school and old school cars and by true what we mean by true school yeah that's what's a true cars school? that are basically as they were in the 70s and whatnot as low riders but maybe with a little more modern feel to them or maybe a little more modern car done in a retro way okay um and then but i mean it's a lot of uh x, you know x frame cars bellairs and Paulas, uh we've got a couple guys with uh, you know some bombs uh, We've got chapters you know, from California, I'm gonna, California, I'm, around the world to Japan.
1: I'm going to interrupt you for just a second. Something I don't know why I didn't think of Shay. Hmm. Lowrider guys use a completely different nomenclature than us. Hmm. Define what is a bomb? Because I guarantee I know, I a guess. lot of us don't know what that is. I legitimately don't know. Yeah, what, what's uh, a bomb? What is a, a bomb? Would
0: be uh, like a 40s or a. a Fifties well, and below, our early fifties and below, fat fender cars. Okay. Um, oh, okay. You have, you have Chevy trucks, uh, Chevy fleet lines, Chevy deluxe, um, Mercury coupes. Mercury sometimes uh, some old Fords, things like that. Okay. Uh, but basically, your old fat fender, running board type cars.
1: Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Gangster cars. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's, okay. that's that's that's
0: they get called that a lot. Cool. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got you. I'm sure there's some Chicago ties there anyway. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, you said something else, retro styled newer vehicles. How does that work? Because I know the other end of the spectrum. By, and
0: by newer, by newer, I'm talking, you know, up into the, maybe the late eighties. I'm not talking necessarily modern because I mean, at one point in time we had a, like almost a, like a little spinoff part where we were Newer cars, you know, like the modern Mopars, things like that. Right. Um. We tried here in this part of the country, but it just really didn't take off. So we just kind of did away with it, and
1: okay, super. But cool. we, I still
0: got, I still got one member, I think. That so, so what you're saying is, is
1: I'm totally to fine, but nothing I own would fit in. But if I was to go out and get a, a a a square Chevy, for example, uh, you know, that would be something. You know, 73 to 87 square body uh, something on air, but with a older style rim. I mean, that would be right up your all's alley, right?
0: D- depending on it. Yeah. Depending on how it was built. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe with some, some patterns or some candy paint or awesome, something along those lines. Awesome. Um, candy or paint. I mean, at the same time, we've got some cars that are, you know, that fall into like the patina style. Uh, oh, cool. Okay. We've got, you know, rusty fenders and white walls and hubcaps. And
1: that's awesome. I got you then. Hmm. I got it, you. Okay. And then
0: actually, we have been. We've even got some bigger stuff you know, bigger trucks in some of our southern chapters, really,
1: really? That's interesting. Yeah, like, I, w- I guess that huh okay, I would not have thought that. Um, so you guys are a very not interactive uh, just a a club that's really involved in the community a lot. you know, I know you guys have done a lot of community involved events in the past. What are some of the stuff you guys still do? And I realize this year's foo bar for everybody, but you know, give us an idea of of how relentless impacts the community there in Louisville.
0: Uh the last couple of years I'll be honest we've been a little bit scarce, but we've all had some you know life changing whatnot going on we've got you know people bought houses and try to uh you know just people moving on in life and what I think after all this is over I'm pretty sure there's a there's enough guys in their garages right now I have a feeling we'll be back out <laughs> and about again here well as soon as they can. So the governor says they can do it.
1: Well, if if you ever need a a half DJ for a toy run or something, you know you got a guy that you can call him any time. I'm just saying. So I'll
0: hold you to that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I would be honored. I would be honored. Um, That's cool though. So I mean, that is a a national club with a bunch of chapters and stuff. Do you ever get the opportunity to, I guess, hang out with your other club members from all over the country? Is there like certain shows y'all go and meet at or anything or
0: um, we've had some of the some of the West Coast people come out this way and hang out with us uh, for weddings and some car shows.
1: Um, weddings,
0: really? that's awesome. Have, we, we haven't really had an opportunity to uh, get a lot of us out that direction yet, but I know that's something that many of us have talked about. That's cool. I think it's just we've got to wait till life can allow it no, understood yeah, yeah we're we could do we do try to keep it very much a uh, a family type thing. where're. You know, if, you know, one person's accomplishments, you know, is celebrated throughout the club, you know, Um, we, uh, we definitely don't, like, you know, a lot of, seems like a lot of clubs end up with a lot of, like, a lot of internal competition. They do. And that's something that, I don't want to say we frown upon it, but it's just something we just don't deal with. Because, I mean... Almost every big club is now getting to the point where they're weighted down by rules and this and that and club dues and
1: bureaucratic we don't do any red
0: tape, right? Just like everything. Yeah. We literally just basically the, what we go by is if, if you trust someone in your house with your belongings and your family where you're not there, then they might be club material. Fair enough. Is the, basically the way we treat it.
1: So, so, like we've talked about in the past, Shay and I have talked about. The people are more important than
0: the vehicles. Absolutely, absolutely. And it seems like when you when you treat it that way, and you, and if you can keep that perspective, a lot of good things come out of it. We've done, we've had, we've stood out in the rain together and raised you know money for causes. We've you know put on cruises to help local businesses drum in more business, things like that. That's awesome. And a lot of times, gotten some really good response. Hell, we had a, a show for autism a couple of years back, and. A guy with a, I think he had a, it was a 65 or 66 Mustang, drove from Pikeville in the rain to the oh. show.
2: Wow. wow. Really? Okay. They brought in the rain?
0: Yeah. Drove this beautiful teal <laughs> green notchback Mustang huh. and drove it from Pikeville wow. to here to come hang out at our show.
1: Wow. Those kind of causes bring in, sometimes bring out the best of people.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: That's right. True. And
0: I mean, it was raining. I mean, we had puddles. We were hopping cars and mud puddles. My kids looked like they'd been in the pig pen. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a but it was a good it was a good time, and we raised some money for a good cause. You know, that's one thing time.
1: in in that world, the lowrider world especially. Clubs seem to be so much more of a family type atmosphere, and and I'm I'm quite envious. I think you guys have a really really cool deal going on. You know, some of the stories you've told me and some of the events that you've held and this and and stuff. It looks like you all do an amazing job out there. I think anybody would be proud to have a club as interactive and respected as you all. So uh,
2: I have to ask, <clears throat> what made you choose um, to want to run a relentless
0: chapter? Um, honestly, I, had, was, I was that guy that was never going to be in a club again because I had had a club prior when I was living in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And years ago, and I mean don't get me wrong, it was a good group of guys, but it got to the point where we got too big and it was just too stressful. For be for a local club to be to have a number of cars in the 40s, Ugh. and then I was trying to I was literally sometimes trying to have a meeting once a week, once a week to try to keep that many people together. Oh my to god! To try to keep Jesus. that many people under control because we, went, we were from Indianapolis. Let's just be real. <laughs> uh, but then, but it got to the point where you know we, we started to weed back down. And but it still, got to the point where it was just still stressful, and we just kind of ended up. Going our own ways, and I mean, a couple of, uh, one of our members ended up going to Latest Craze, which I actually gave him, you know, like, please, dude, do, do this, this is great for you. Latest Craze latest as craze, in as great, Dustin great, Havens. There's a
1: great club. As in Dustin Havens' old club, right? Yes. Wow, that's a name I've not heard in a while either. That's rad.
0: And, uh, I mean, then they're still they're still active there, We've got, and some of those guys have got some pretty nice high-end stuff, I mean, like Skylines and whatnot, and, and I, well, one, I know one guy in particular has a Skyline and an MSX. You know, but.
1: those are things I never expected the legendary Clint Perkins to say is Skyline and NSX. That's definitely not, <laughs> not the world I would have thought that you've ever crossed paths with.
0: Oh, no. I mean, that's what that's, I'm, I like cars, period. I just, there's certain things that are just not my thing. Like, you know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm never going to be one who likes the Carolina squat. Right. And oh, I'm never going to be the guy that puts 26s on my box Chevy. Thank you. <laughs> thank, you for say, thank you for saying that. Would you
2: ever lift one and put
0: 45s on it? What I have, I used to have a lifted truck, a mud truck. Well, no, really? I'm, I'm talking but, 45
2: inch rims. Oh Jesus Christ! Anyway, no, <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> I'm never man. gonna. I, I have, I, for, I mean, I shouldn't say unfortunately because I mean it paid the bills, but not it's not my thing. But I have built a few cars with big wheels because that's what the customer wanted. Ugh. But no, that is not my thing. Ugh.
1: Well, you know, let me let me transition to this, and, and then we'll move off this topic. Dump. You said not what the cust or what the customer wanted. What is the thing that you've had to do for a customer before that you really just didn't want to, but, you know, part of of the careers that you've had, you didn't really have much of a choice. Have you ever worked in something that you just absolutely hated turning a wrench on?
0: Oh, there's been a few of them. I mean, I've worked on cars that had a $10,000 candy coating on it, and you crawl underneath it, and I could run the airlines through the rustles in the brain. (laughs) Um,
1: I didn't know you worked in any of my trucks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But... I mean, I, it, but it's it's part of the business. Unfortunately, you know, the, your guy's going to bring you a car and he's going to want done what he wants done. Uh, if you want your bills paid, you are going to do the work.
1: So what you're saying is, uh, I shouldn't I shouldn't like call you with my '78 Regal when I want to put 28s on it and mount nine air horns under the bumper.
0: Oh yes. Uh, I might put the wheels on the car, but by on the car, I mean like on the hood, the roof, the trunk. <laughs> oh,
2: God. Okay. I remember the first time I seen a dunk. It had like 54-inch wheels. No, I mean, no, my... it it... no, it didn't,
1: Shay. Uh, no, it didn't.
2: And I was like... I went woo. to
1: Slamology, too. It had 30s. That's it. No, this wasn't a Slam. This was a Lexington right. show. And, uh, All right. Just, just wow. Yeah, just just, just wow. wow. We've kept Clint...
2: No, we haven't. Quite a getting, while. No, we're, no? Not, we're not done yet. No. I, I got, I got, I'm going to ramp this shit <laughs> up right now. let really? All right.
1: Really? You have to cuss so much. You know how yes. Many, you know how old quack, it gets? Quack, quack. <laughs> yeah, quack, quack. Okay. All right. So, so you Clint, take the floor. So,
2: Clint, let's, Uh, you've been around the block and you've seen some. Wow. That's a uh, weird way to say that. No, no, I'm ramping up to it. Now, I want to hear some fucked <laughs> up stories. I just want to hear some fucked <laughs> up stories. And I know that you know some fucked <laughs> up stories.
1: This is making me uncomfortable, Shay. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying, man. You know, he's probably got the good stuff. You know. Oh yeah, this is getting really weird. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, so, this is starting to get back so, alley here. So man. come Clint, on.
2: Let's start with well, one. Of all the times you've been to all these shows, what was the most f***ed <laughs> up thing that's ever happened at all of them? Uh, I mean, you can do a top probably, five. I don't care. I hear all kinds of stories. Probably.
0: Well, actually, cut Florida's great for messed up stories. Oh, yes. Florida man stories. Traveling.
2: Florida man stories.
0: So, so, I mean, there was the time that I locked my keys running in the truck at the Miami Rider show right before I was supposed to dance my truck. Ooh! And yeah. literally had to run outside, find the guy from AAA and help him get in because they thought I was in danger because the neighborhood that the car show was in. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's florida does triple a have
0: a swat team yeah
2: they might as well if you're from florida and
0: then i was up that same year i was in tampa for a show it was uh right by an indian reservation and the the fairgrounds was right next to this casino and our hotel was right across the highway i get there i'd reserve the rooms months in advance thought everything was going to be great get there and the entire wing of the hotel that i'm working in is in this queen of plastic where they're doing construction. Mm. So first, I'm I'm listening to hammers and nail guns and saws while I'm trying to rest after I've just driven down there. Mm, I get up to go to the show the next morning, get the truck and trailer ready, take off. I have to go off up this one exit, get to the next exit to get right back off where the show was. And as I'm coming around the bend, I look up and there's a short bed Dodge truck sitting there at the side of the road, a Florida State Trooper. And a man under a white sheet laying at the side of the road dead. Oh, <laughs> shit. And uh, so that was probably as far as sub <laughs> stories go. On the way to a show, definitely. Oh, I the, don't know if that could ever be the top of the uh, list there. Oh,
1: that's wrapped <laughs> up. Oh. <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> but between you two, I'm oh. going to have an entire zoo full of animal noises on this cut. <laughs> <laughs> he don't need
2: to cut us out. He just needs to leave them
1: there. Oh, my God. Yeah, so... I, now was that the yellow Dodge story? I've been trying, Lee. Uh, was that, that was that the yellow Dodge story?
0: Yes, that's yeah. the yellow Dodge. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I do love that one. Bright yellow with the black stripes. I remember it like it was yesterday. Just I looked down and white sheet. I mean, <laughs> I <I've> put <laughs> you. A, I have put and you. I mean, with, this, go ahead. I drove. You know, the, the corner of the truck was six feet from this poor guy, and I'm. Just like, I don't know, I'm just kind of. I don't even. kind of mess the whole day up. I won't lie. <laughs> <laughs> while,
1: while, while you're on the stick, you're sitting there thinking of that. I can see that be very distracted. Excellent. You know, I've put you up in some really poor hotels before, but I don't think I've ever equaled that one. No, that's, that's wow. our That's
2: hard debate. That, that is a. It's really hard debate. So, do you got any uh, f- up funny ones?
1: <laughs> you're just, uh, you're just a glutton punishment, aren't you?
0: Come, come on, Clint! Make us laugh. I just did it again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh! I don't know. Um, I was uh, coming home from a show in Chicago, and when I was, uh, I wasn't working at Cool Cars at the time, but I was on the uh, team CCE, which was the team that traveled around competing and whatnot. We're coming home from a World of Wheels show up in Chicago, and Brian, the guy owner of Cool Cars, was driving his truck and trailer, and he was in front of me, and. All of a sudden, I see you – know, this is probably 2 o'clock in the morning. We're coming home on a Monday morning after we've been up in Chicago all weekend drinking way too much and dancing cars and fixing cars and all that. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, I notice, the tr- I notice him change lanes. So I'm behind – him. we were in the fast lane. I change lanes behind him. He gets in the slow lane. And the next thing I know, he's on the su- shoulder. And then he's back in the slow lane, then the fast lane, then the median. <laughs> <laughs> so then I call. I called, uh, my, uh, my son's best son, Andrew was in the passenger seat of the truck with him. So I call Andrew and I'm like, Hey, uh, what's going on? And Andrew's like, I don't know. I was asleep. And I looked at Brian and I said, what's going on? I don't, he goes, cause I just woke up and Brian said, so did I. Oh my
3: god. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Holy shit. And I'm sure there was a 35 foot wedge behind it, right? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and so needless to say, we, uh, pulled over and, Took a <laughs> nap. Jesus Christ. Wow. That is well, outstanding. That, that is.
1: That the is, uh, that. random. So like the mini truckers, especially the East Coast mini truckers, we have certain shows that we pine away for that are now gone. Yeah. from In my personal world, Tunica, Showfest, well, H- Hell is Greenville, Mississippi, Show Fest. You know, Show Fest is one of the greatest shows ever. Pigeon Forge mini nats. And while there is a mini truck nationals now, and it's awesome, uh, it is a different flavor than what used to be in Pigeon Forge. Um, do the lowrider guys or the hoppers, do they have a single show like that, that they miss? That was a huge part of the culture coming up that has disappeared.
0: For, uh, for a lot of us, especially in the Midwest, uh-huh. uh, a lot of us are, I mean, we all mourn the loss of the Carl Casper show Oh, absolutely. because that oh, was, yes. that's what started our season pretty much every year. We, you know, from, we would, you know, every, it was the first time we would get to see everybody for the year and whatnot, you know, there'd be sometimes 40 or more hoppers down in the pit and who knows how many people come along with them. And it would be the first time that anybody got to you know, break out new builds or rebuilds or excuse me, new paint jobs, whatever. And it was just, you know, it was, it was a good feeling every year. We always got, we always got excited for Carl Casper. And now with that being gone and, and Carl was a huge supporter of us. I mean, he put up with a lot of stuff. Out of the lowrider guys, a lot of messes and whatnot, because, I mean, blow a hose or busted batteries. I mean, they had had to carry cars out with forklifts and everything else.
1: You know, Carl Casper was unlike any indoor show I'd ever been to in the fact that they did support you guys. I mean, yes, there was some, you know, uh, $200,000 street rods in there. But at the same time, they were totally down with the lowrider guys doing their performance. And that was a focal point. It wasn't an afterthought. And that was always kind of interesting to me right. because any time you hear indoor show, you think, you know, saran wrap tires coming out of box trailers, don't yep. touch, you know, velvet ropes. Yep. And that kind of gave it more of a real feeling. I I'm gl- I'd never been uh, until you invited me, and I was glad that I was able to make that trip because that was, that was a cool experience that I wish everybody had been able to get. It Man, was I, a, and, I, I, and I liked your all's world a hell of a lot more than what was indoors. I mean, that was more my speed.
2: Well, I, I went for the Mecca show. Right. Did they have a Mecca show? They did. I didn't know they that. Did. They did. Really? Yeah. Indoors?
1: Yeah. Yes. yes. That's kind of seems counterintuitive.
2: It was, it was one of the things to uh, really look forward to for me because it, it was indoors, and uh, that's where they had Mecca finals.
1: Parting words, man, and, and this is something we do more for show promoters. We've never done a Legends series before. This is different, but we want to give you a moment to instill your wisdom on what few listeners, I think we're up to nine now. We're up nine? I think I think because of the Dillard episode, we gained a half half person. Oh, that's great. So we're up to nine listeners now. Great. Uh, in the LCD Me two movement, there you go, Jared Cheek. <laughs> uh, any, anyway, that being said, uh,
2: hashtag Bring Back Unleashed.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hashtag Bring Back Unleashed. Um, how about some sort of wisdom or some sort of advice or or just hell a parting comment that you would like to leave with the people that are listening? Is
0: there any type of, you know... I don't know. Just remember that uh, if you got... We all got into these cars and these trucks and all that for fun. Just keep it that way, man. That's awesome.
1: Absolutely. Just, I mean,
0: if that's what it's... And if, if, if you see a kid that's into it, hit a switch. I mean... <laughs> there you go, man.
2: That's some good... No, I love Make that. a kid smile,
0: dude. If you, if you can do that, then you never know. That kid may be the next one want to build something.
2: That's true. Yes, uh, that's that's I awesome. Kids, Hell, I, I,
1: I couldn't have said anything better than that. That's I mean, awesome.
2: I, I, I turn the volume knob every time.
1: Yeah, 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 stereo guys. I'm, just, I'm just saying, that's what we do.
2: Yeah. Throw a bag in the window and watch that some bitch float.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so one thing we're going to do a little bit different before we let you go, Clint, you again, you've, you've been awesome to us. We're doing a new feature on this, and this is something I didn't tell you about. Now, this is kind of a neat thing. Every time we have a guest... From now on out, whether that be a show promoter, a vendor, just a random person, or a LCD legend such as yourself, uh, and I know that he's he's just shaking his head every time I call him a legend. That's why I'm really enjoying this so much.
0: But, but yes, anyway, because I am in no way, shape, or form a legend, <laughs>
1: you're entirely too humble, man. And I think that's one of the reasons I like you so much. But anyway, that being said, we have a new feature. Every guest from now on out will record a question for the next guest. Now, we don't tell the person that records the question who the next guest will be. So what I mean by that is the last episode, the last guest we had was Jeffrey Diller, Jeffrey, a show promoter laid out of the park. He recorded a question for you, not knowing that question was for you. So I'm going to play that question and I would like to have oh, your answer to it.
2: Okay. You cool? Sure. Hey, this is Jeffrey Dillard from Laid Out at the Park for the past 15 years. Just got done doing my interview with Lee and Shay. Had a great time. Hope you did too. And for our inaugural question going out to you, I want to know what would you have done differently at the time you got into the car scene now that you did from back then? And there you go. That's an excellent question. that's That's a great question.
1: I thought it was a pretty awesome question too. And he didn't even know, you know, who he was asking that to. I thought it was really rad. And
0: my answer would have to be, I would have taken myself more serious.
1: Hmm.
2: Okay. Explain that. Yeah. Elaborate on that one.
0: Well, I guess what I mean by that is there's many different levels to, you know, this automotive world. And I would have, if, if I'd have known how far I could have actually gotten, if I'd have taken myself serious when I first started, then I might, you know, today I might be a successful business owner instead of somebody who has made a lot of other people a lot of money.
2: Mm, okay. Wow. Okay, that's a, that's a good answer. That's a hell of an answer. That's
1: a good answer. Guys, I think we should wrap this up. I think this has been an awesome experience. I hope that everybody out there listening, all nine people, I hope that all nine of you all have taken away something from our first ever LCD Legends series and this is not just because he is a legend but because he is one of my closest friends that I hold in super high regards and, and Clint thank you for giving us the time to allow us to pick your brain and to share some stories with us and to reflect a little bit and for not mentioning the h word and
0: and i just want to thank you <laughs> and i just want to thank you for all of that and man. i'm going to and you owe me for that one well, <laughs> I promised you
1: there will be a special episode that I'm going to interview dad on and I want you, I'm going to surprise him by you calling in if that's okay with you. So we will get the opportunity.
0: I would absolutely love to uh, be involved in
1: that. Well, I, I, I couldn't imagine it any other way. You and I will do that. You have listened for the last hour plus to the LCD Legends series with Emperor Palpatine of Parrot Mountain. Clint Perkins, legendary. I prefer Darth Vader, thank you. He's a Vader man. Well, I couldn't think of any bird-related term that started with a V. Other than, like, vent. And that's not something we want to talk about.
0: I don't want to talk about that. Clint,
1: thank you for your time. Oh, wait.
0: There was one other thing I forgot I had to tell you, Lee. Okay. Car is a Bel Air, not an Impala. Is it a Bel Air? Oops. Yes, it is. Well, I'm an asshole. Ha
2: uh-huh. <laughs> ha. <laughs> for- to be honest, he probably couldn't tell the difference if he was looking right at him anyways. <laughs> for my unaformed friend, Shay. F- <laughs> I know it's not an S10, man. I know it's not an S10.
1: You know, both of y'all are... <laughs> just so you know. Clint, thank you for your time, man. For Shay, for myself, for Clint Perkins, this has been the first LCD Legend series of the Lowest Common Denominator podcast. Say goodbye, Shay.
2: May the force be with you.
1: <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> Always. So we're sitting here in studio, and we just wrapped up the first Legends edition of the LCD podcast. Uh, I don't know. Do you got any takeaways from it, Shay? Lowriders
2: are confusing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well you know I, I guess so and there are definitely some cultural differences between the low rider world and the mini truck world but at the same time I do see a lot of crossovers and one of the cool things that we can do on here is kind of Offer something a little bit different.
2: So you've seen the Fast and the Furious movies, right? Well yeah, I've seen the Fast okay. and the Furious. Okay. You know movie. the whole family thing that they try to promote and that where they all eat dinner at the and end. end of the, and drink coronas. And drink coronas, yes. You know yeah. that, that's what I picture lowrider crews like. Okay. But except for not going in reverse at two hundred miles an hour. Right, right. Or right. jumping out of planes with vehicles that can land. 2,000 feet off well, the green. Right,
1: right, right. And, and not driving, you know, 97 Civics, repeatedly slaloming underneath a tractor trailer that has been inconspicuously lifted an extra eight or ten inches just to clear the car. And, yeah, yeah, I
2: forgot about that scene.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh. yeah. Really? How'd you forget about that scene?
2: That was, was in the first movie, wasn't it? That was in the first movie, yeah. which
1: to me pretty much is the only movie that really matters. I like Tokyo Drift. You know, actually, I like Tokyo Drift, too, and I dug the fact that Vin Diesel was actually in it in the post credit scene. Yeah. Okay. I guess, oh, my God, I'm like a 12-year-old boy in 1999. <laughs> I guess the only ones that I really dug were the ones that actually dealt with the cars, even though yes. they were just so, you know, over the top.
2: I don't know. The first one, cars wasn't really over the top.
1: His floor pan fell out when oh, he hit the Oh, nitrous. God, I know. That is and a the, scene that haunts he, me to this day. And
2: he constantly shifts gears.
1: <laughs> it's a 14-speed transmission. <laughs> I mean, I seen him switching to high from low at one point, and he just kept going. My my concept of driving something like that is from pole position arcade game in the late late 80s. You have high and low, and that's it. That's the only speeds in your shifter.
2: So I grew up during His the 90s. His so that pan, uh, San Francisco Rush.
1: His floor pan fell out when he hit the nitrous. How does that even, I, I, you know, where's I, I, the physics on that? I don't
2: know. I remember when I was watching it when I was a kid, and uh, well, I was in the theaters watched it.
1: And when, when the floor you were pan a fell kid, out, kid, oh my god, I was nineteen.
2: <laughs> when did that come out? Two
1: thousand one. I was I was twenty actually. Uh,
2: I was fourteen. Okay, okay, okay. you were
1: a kid still. Oh uh,
2: yeah, uh, I was a teenager. Uh, but Fair enough. I remember when it fell out, and I was like, why? Why did it do that? There's no <laughs> motor there.
1: Because Noss.
2: <laughs> I guess they had so much pressure it's that it unbolted everything <laughs> inside the car. I but do, the, you know,
1: I do remember car. several stereo installs on their cruise night. I remember a plexi a fourth order that I thought was pretty cool. Oh, so
2: you know, every time I watch a movie, the only vehicle I truly noticed in that movie,
1: the Juice Del Sol. I did not
2: notice that, but I'm going to have to watch it so I can see yeah, it. Yeah, there's nice.
1: a juice deal soul huh. that, that, that pancakes down right at the beginning of that little cruise night scene.
2: Oh, that's that's probably one of the coolest looking scenes in the whole movie. I would
1: agree. I would agree. That's the Hector scene. Yeah. I'm heartbroken that, that I don't get to make Hector take a picture with my Baghdad 10 uh oh. at the Fast and Furious festival this year. It's a real bummer. Uh,
2: that,
1: so so, well, is, so anyway, how in the hell we start talking about Fast and Furious?
2: Um well we're talking about the family thing they got going on in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I'm sorry. that's what yeah. the lowrider scene, that's what Clint makes them sound like to me. Dude, and I would agree with there's that. There's a lot of camaraderie in that. Other than, I think
1: that's really cool. Other than the fact that they don't steal VCRs at a tractor trailer. <laughs> they don't, they right. don't. I don't think. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> you know, a VCR now is worth a fortune.
0: If <laughs> oh, you wanted
1: one. God. If you wanted one, that is. I was at Ollie's today, and they had record players for $29. I thought that was kind of interesting. Did you buy it? No, I just went for a dog bed. And then I bought two-fifths of liquor. You now, did not. I, I swear believe. to God I did. I'm, I'm, where's the receipt? Let, I'll show you the picture. But no, it just comes from a bourbon distillery, and it's literally Holy. cheap bourbon. Oh, uh, my God. You know, that, here, here, check out the picture. It looks this like is, a liquor bottle. Well, It is a liquor bottle. It is actually a liquor bottle that some distillery in Kentucky has literally just filled their extra bottles. They're not making bourbon right now, I guess, or they're not, you know, have the work there. They're selling. Does it have sand in it? I don't know. It's 90% alcohol, and it says that it's topical solution, but it's quite obviously... Topical solution? It's straight straight corn liquor, man. That's... that's Yeah, it's (laughs) straight corn liquor. Uh, Wow. You had a five-bottle limit, and it was $9 a bottle.
2: So you're saying that this Moonshine distiller that's charging us $97 per gallon are f***ing us?
1: So I know a little bit about Moonshine. Okay. Even though I am straight edge. uh, Something that... Some people know about me, some people don't. It's kind of ironic the Clint episode because it's something that Clint and Dad have talked about a lot. Dad is licensed to make ethanol fuel, okay?
2: Your dad does all kinds of awesome things. He
1: does some weird shit. He really does it.
2: Corn, I mean, not corn, uh, sugar cane.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, his his hobbies keep getting weirder and weirder. (laughs) Uh, He started out with the moonshine thing, and his license, he's legally, federally licensed to make ethanol fuel. So, That's cool. Okay, that was cool. And then we That's had a, it's cool. Uh, did you ever hear? Oh, oh anyway. We had a 75-gallon steel that he made, or that he had made. And um, he used to do it as a festival demonstration. Does we he be, still got it? He does have the steel, yeah. That's cool. Uh, when he, and he still has a license, too. Well, anyway, he got out of that, because he's like me. He loses interest in things pretty quickly. And then he got into, what was his next thing? I think that was a sugar cane. I think that was when he was making molasses, or or I don't know what <laughs> you make with sugar cane. <laughs> At some point in that, he was into hydroponic fish plant stuff wow. like like real? it was fish and plants and huh. water and i don't really some enclosed circular system and i don't know what the hell it was And
2: every time you tell me your dad's got a new hobby i'm always eager to hear what it is well now it's
1: mushrooms uh, I, he's he's <laughs> growing mushrooms in the basement and i'm not really sure what kind of mushrooms and hey, i don't hey, really want to talk about it
2: well he told me they were going to be like the expensive rare ones
1: yeah and then today he told me he's like did you know that this mushroom i read about it's a good pre-workout. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm not gonna eat your mushrooms. Dad. Oh, you should though. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't I don't want to I don't want to trip out on your mushrooms. So so anyway, back to this. Let's go into the moonshine thing. So Dad has a license, and several years, even though I don't drink and I've always been adamantly anti-alcohol, <laughs> mm-hmm, um, I, know this. I do appreciate the science. I think the science and the culture is really cool, and that's the only thing that's ever really appealed to me. In fact, that's the only reason I was ever willing to put the moonshine stuff on the H-word shirts, you know, because for several years we used It's a that, culture thing. We, yeah, exactly. It's a mountain yeah. thing to me. It's, it's I, don't, I don't care about the liquor part. Uh, you know, I'm actually kind of disgusted by it. But the iconography of it is neat. The history of it and the science of it is really neat. And that's something I really enjoyed talking to about. And, and, of course, the problem was, as we demonstrated at festivals here, and you get every toothless skitter jiggy that comes uh, up. And it's works. like, you know, oh, I know such and such. Why don't you sit me a little sample there? And You know, why don't you feel this little... After shave bottle up that I happen to have in my purse and all this stupid shit, oh. and we just dealt with just some really. While well, there was some they amazing. They were going to
2: drink ethanol.
1: Well, there was a well, are you they, know, ethanol were, is is <laughs> the only difference between ethanol and moonshine yeah. is the proof. Really? You know, yeah, moonshine is cut a little bit and to be constituted. And now, now, I'm fuzzy in this, so I'm sure there's people out there listening to me right now yeah. that are critiquing me in this, like, well, he's wrong and blah, blah, blah. To the best of my knowledge, and I've not been involved in it in several years, what constitutes ethanol fuel is 160 proof, which is 80% alcohol. Is that math right? Yeah, yeah 80% great. alcohol. It, um, and then-
2: Everclear is 100. and just two hundred for a hundred
1: ninety. Uh, yeah, something like that. I knew it was crazy, and you could literally run a vehicle off of Everclear. Uh, it wouldn't be financially advantageous, but no. you could you could absolutely anything above one hundred sixty. And, and you know, there's some changes you have to make to a carbureted vehicle as far as jet sizes and stuff like that. But anywho, blah 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 blah. So when you're making quote unquote ethanol fuel, okay. Or Moonshiner, whatever you want to say. And like I said, that even kind of makes me cringe a little bit to say because all these fucking morons that, that, you know, got on the TV thing. And and I think that's part of why we stopped doing oh, it. No. Oh, my God. Is everybody is so... watches the God Moonshiner show. Oh, the and they think so they're awful. a fucking expert. And half the people on it. Are stupider than a sack of wet hammers. Oh,
2: that's put. That's you're insulting hammers for the world. Oh. It,
1: anyway, I digress. You know, oh. I could I could stand about six minutes of that. You can stand man. six minutes, man. You are tough. Well, you know, it was nothing but a just a popcorn Sutton worshiping cult, and, yeah, and not that's, even that's the cool cults. Just a sad cult that involves shirtless, fucking, toothless hillbillies in overalls, and not no. cool hillbillies. Not no. like what I claim to be. No, but just you know, straight and holler trash.
2: Uh, hybrids. Anyway,
1: I dig- hybrids. Hybrids are skitter jigs. Okay, Jiggies. I digress. Back to the moonshine thing. So anyway, so when you do a batch of moonshine, quote-unquote, okay. or let's say ethanol fuel, all right, the beginning of the run, and by the run I mean literally the distillation process from the mash until it produces the alcohol, okay? Okay. And, and I won't jump into the science here because, number one, I'm afraid I'll get something wrong. Dad's the expert, not me. I was just a hand. But... The first of the batch, the first, let's say, gallon, roughly, and it depends on various, you know, uh, different details, but the first gallon or so of the run is what the old-timers would have called fusel oils. And it's an interesting product. The first batch, or I'm sorry, the first gallon or so, and it could be a quart, it could be five gallons, I and mean, it just depends on several, you know, weather, the amount of your mash, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But the first bit of the run While it has a high alcohol content, it's almost like a bell curve or an RPM curve, okay? Mm -hmm. The first run or part of the run is low proof. It also has a lot of contaminants in it. Like I said, the old-timers call it fusel oils, and it has a whole different feel to it. It's very greasy. It's just strange. You don't drink it. It's pretty much lethal, and you don't run it in like you would run your backings. You don't put it in the doubler or anything like that. There's nothing you can do with it. It is quite literally a throwaway product. Any old-timer will throw away that first small amount Uh as junk. They just write it right off. You can't reuse it, okay? Okay. But what it does have is an alcohol content high enough that it actually would be considered antiseptic by the COVID-19 standards, which, again, my, my, my number's a little fuzzy here. It's either, it, I believe it's actually 60% alcohol is what it takes. So 70 is more than safe. That's why nobody wants the 50% alcohol in the stores, but the 70% alcohol, your rubbing alcohol, that flies off the shelves and the 91 and so on. But 60% is what it takes to kill it, so 120 proof. Fusel oils are 140 proof, give or take, depending on your recipe. And, and again, atmospheric conditions and, and catabolic reactions, et cetera, et cetera. There's, there's so much science in it that I just, is, again, it's out of my grasp of, of knowledge. That first part is throwaway. Mm-hmm. Now the big distilleries, Old Smoky and Pigeon Forge, they know this. They're they that stuff they're just throwing away. And they even will admit that we're not trying to sell this product. The hand sanitizer we're making, we're donating to schools, we're donating to healthcare. We're mm-hmm. trying to help people. This isn't costing us anything other than, you know, the bottling, the labeling and, and, and just the distribution. Yeah, I but mean, you write
2: all that off if you're gonna, well, that too, of course.
1: Right? But it's throwaway. And I'm not gonna name any other Distilleries, we'll leave that out for obvious reasons, but there are some small distilleries that seem to be taking advantage of people because they are charging a, my goodness, you know, moonshine price. Yes. And theoretically, and I say theoretically because we can't prove it, they may be literally bottling up the finest part of their run. I can't imagine why, but they may be. So again, we leave that open ended. But there are local distilleries, smaller distilleries, that are, in my opinion, taking advantage of the situation because they're charging primo prices for what I would assume is not a primo product, as in a drinkable product. Mm-hmm. But again, we'll just kind of stay out of that. that $97
2: is, a gallon. I can say that because I've seen the price on it and what was paid out. Uh, I can't uh, name, I'm not going to name again. I don't, it do Again, I don't know what think? distillery
1: you're talking about, and I don't care. Yeah. We'll but, just, we don't want to go down that road. Yes. But... That is sad. It uh, is sad. And if, if people understand that aspect of it, again, for every X gallons that they produce, you know, they are making X minus Y gallons that they can't use anyway. Exactly. Just, they can't even rerun it. That's what you talk about, yeah. put it into the back ends.
2: And, you know, if, and if it has oils built into it, mm-hmm. then... that's a lot of contaminants. Yeah, it's undrinkable. I mean, it would probably counts towards the you know you're supposed to put like eucalyptus and stuff like that in it it's probably what they're using for that too
1: now i wouldn't know enough about the chemical composition of it as far as an actual breakdown and i don't know the who formula for but you notice that bottle i showed you actually on the bottom of it even though it's obviously a cheap whiskey bottle it I mean, really is it looks, it's a screw top in the world. Is, is it glass it is glass and that surprised oh, me wow it's not Tavarsky level it's above that it's 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 a not quite it's pretty old crows something on those lines. Okay, uh, is, is it a Kentucky? I think mm. so. I said Kentucky earlier, but now I'm not a hundred percent sure. And we have spent thirteen minutes and have not discussed the legends part of our podcast whatsoever. That's because everybody awesome. tunes in because we have ADD. We have ADD. <laughs> we do. We we cannot keep a coherent thought process for any amount of time. You know,
2: hydraulics are extremely cool. And I have no
1: idea how you would install any of those. Well, obviously, you just tack the cylinder to the actual frame. Yeah, that's
3: (laughs) that's it. Of
2: course, he
1: explained that on the Suburban. You know, I was going to ask him about
2: batteries too. You know, I consider myself a battery connoisseur. Yeah,
1: knowledgeable about electronics yeah. and so on. Like and that.
2: I I was gonna ask Clint what his take on with the whole lead acid versus lithium content.
1: Oh, that would have been a really good now. A lot of those guys use the deep cycle, the marine batteries. Well that's what I'm saying. Or this, what, right, series right. sixty one or whatever they're called. Well
2: that's what we used in car audio was big deep cycle batteries because oh, really? we could beat
1: on them longer. But uh, but you like, you like to beat in the big deep longer? Oh yeah. That's cool. Balls right. deep. You know, I wish you hadn't done that. <laughs>
2: Does that count as one by 30? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Well, See, right now we're using lithium batteries, so what something that was 90 pounds weighs like 10 now. Okay, I got you. And, And they have the same capacity as a deep cycle. It's the craziest thing. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so yeah. I was going to ask Clint about that kind of stuff. But, yeah, you, you know, know, I wish coach. we had.
1: We missed a couple of great opportunities. With uh, we'll Clint. have him back sometime. Uh, you know, he was fun, absolutely, and it was such a cool thing to hear those kind of road stories from some other perspective than what you and I deal with. It, and it's funny. I knew just enough of the names he was talking about to, to be semi-involved, but, you know, we, we were getting kind of a history lesson there of people that I would assume that you or I have never heard of. I, I did not
2: mean not at all. Yeah, I know what an Impala and a Bel-Air looks like, though. <laughs> so, yeah, I love that he busted me at the end of it for, for getting his car wrong. Oh, God. Okay. I, I do like the whole... I like chrome and stuff like that. So that, that's something that the lowrider scene has tons of. Mind you, I'm not huge on chromed hardware that you can't see. Okay, but, okay.
1: You know, yeah. I like lowrider bling. And let, and let me explain a little bit.
2: Okay, I don't,
1: I don't want something shiny on any of my trucks. It oh, does shiny not, is so beautiful. Though. It doesn't appeal to me at all. I mean, look at look at the truck in many colors. You know, it's satin paint. It is while the wheels are powder coated and they are even powder coated clear. That paint is
2: I paint satin. The hot rod flats. It almost looks semi gloss. Yeah.
1: Well, I wax it.
2: Oh, that's what it is. Okay, that That makes sense. That that has a lot to do with it. It's a beautiful color. It Um, really is. Uh It water
1: spots really bad, so I try and wax it as often as I can, and that seems to alleviate the water spotting. You,
2: You ever use synthetic wax?
1: no I tell you what I well I mean like yes spray waxes but not a paste wax or anything like oh, that All the paste
2: wax man
1: no uh, any synthetics I use is all spray stuff any polymer based stuff I tell you what I'm really excited I was gifted a bottle of Chemical Guys uh, Banana Fast Wax oh it's so beautiful Christmas. smelling it, it oh, is oh and my I, god and I've never used it on a vehicle I've never had anything that I thought was worthy of even wasting something oh, that my. fancy on you know a $13 bottle of spray <laughs> wax <laughs> it's
2: so expensive and, I, and
1: I'm really excited about it uh, and I finally get to get a California car duster again. I'm not have one of those since the early 2000s because I'm not had anything shiny yet. I have a
2: question. When you when you first got that bottle, was the first thing you did take the lid off and the smell it? it? Of course. Yeah. Oh God, it smells so of beautiful. Of course, it's the best smelling stuff ever. <laughs> oh God, I can I almost get chill bumps thinking about how that stuff smells.
1: Well, oh, you know, there's things okay. that smell better, but we can't talk about them in this show. We can So moving right along, but they're there. Supposedly, yeah, yeah. yeah, moving right along.
2: Anyways, <clears throat>
1: oh wow! <laughs> All right, so we're going
2: to have an episode about cleaners. Oh God! I, that, you can hear us talk about which ones we like the most. Absolutely,
1: I think that would be the least listened to episode ever. I
2: don't know. We could probably crack jokes about it. And think about would enjoy it. it. Think about
1: it. Lee and Shay talk about wax on the next edition of the LCD podcast. I
2: like every. I like. I like wax like like my bro, like, I like my aunts, full Brazilian.
1: Ooh. <laughs> Just <laughs> unnecessary and ooh. I am... What? What? Right. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, Okay, so anyway, no, well, it was cool talking to Clint. We would love to have him back on at some point. More than anything, I enjoy the Star Wars chat. I thought that was fun. Yes. And we don't stay within the lines when we do these kind of interviews, and we're never going to. Oh, no, probably not. So... What base that we retain of people to listen?
2: Our nine people.
1: I hope our nine people. I hope that they appreciate our irreverent sense of humor because that's kind of what we're always going to be. We just do this because it's fun and we enjoy it. And, and we're not going to be anything that we're not. Yeah. So we don't we don't really care about how many likes we get. We don't really care about those things. We appreciate the fact that you all take the time to send us those messages, and we've been getting a lot here recently. We have. Now, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I Shout love out that to all them guys. Yeah, God, yeah. every single one of them. In fact, uh, sending out stickers this week, uh, got stickers going to Pennsylvania, Indiana, some other state. Really? I'm about to go over my list. Yeah, four states. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Tennessee. And somewhere else, but no, we got a few stickers going out in the mail, and I'm I'm really excited. Has, with to most of our that.
2: listeners in the Appalachian Mountains.
1: Oh, that's a good question.
2: They is isn't it?
1: Yes, I would assume most of our listeners are in the Appalachians. You know, we have one listener from Ireland according to Spotify, and I'm assuming what? it was somebody that just probably clicked on an episode wrong. But if Ireland listeners out there message us, I yes. will make sure you get a carry package of stickers. Yes, uh, that would be that would be way too rad. We are picking up some some listeners, and it's pretty cool. And I hope that it is the base that wants to hear these kind of interviews, the things that we do and the, and the stupid stories that we talk about. You know, how, how else in three minutes is anybody going to discuss the science behind ethanol fuel, <laughs> canon of Star Wars, <laughs> and lowrider fails? Mm. I mean, that's, that's us, man. Mm, that's no us. Guess. So,
2: You know, I've seen some pretty haggard stuff in my life. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the H word show, I probably seen the most haggard stuff. I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you. The Rattle Can Nationals, <laughs> Rattle Can Nationals. Well, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I really did. it really did. And man, I mean, see some of that stuff I'm like that. Is
1: what's the most haggard thing you remember? Don't say names.
2: Uh, sketchy or haggard?
1: Yes. Both. Yes. Oh, I seen a guy that had like. Give me an example of each.
2: Oh, okay. The, the the scariest thing was a guy dragging on not one um, ball hitch. Yeah, not yeah try the balls. Try, not, not just one. Oh, no,
1: no, don't do it. Don't do it because I know who you're talking about and he's four. a good dude. Just leave four, him alone. Four, four of them. Big bar across the back. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You know what's funny is that we actually had to institute a rule at one of the shows one year because we had new pavement and the ball hitches were just killing it, just just devastating it. So we kind of had to change in the fly and say, sorry, guys, you know, no trailer balls. And then that became almost a running joke in the flyers in the future. So the Rattle Can Nationals, sorry, guys, no trailer balls. Anywho. Blah, blah,
3: <laughs>
2: that's what that's for? Oh, my God, I did not know local that. Local
1: hardware store across the road here, Fraser's, Yeah. they told me that before that they would get in cases of 2-inch trailer balls. And every H-Word Weekend, they would sell an entire case of those out. I mean, they just worked it into the budget. And I and I think that is so rad. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. It's wow. A, and, and it's a different culture. And at this point in my life, you know, back then, I probably would have made fun of it, and it is a little little sketchy. But I do get excited just to see people get into stuff like that, you know. and That was
2: good during the Dragon Destroy I, I, days, though.
1: That was the Dragon Destroy days, and that was the ugly side of it. But at the same time... I'm fine with some beaters, man. Let's. Uh, I, I, hey, I, let me tell you what I, I did I, the other I'm night? Gonna be,
2: I'm gonna say something wild to you. I'm okay with Dragon Destroy.
1: Dude, you just said you prefer to Brazilian wax over anything. You're not gonna beat whatever whatever the hell that was. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, well, you know, I what about it. Dragon
2: Destroy? I, I like Dragon Destroy. I really do because it's uh it's the opposite
1: end of the spectrum. I like Rad, the '80s BMX movie.
2: That. What? <laughs> <laughs> just what?
1: <laughs> Moving right along.
2: Anyways, okay, you got me there. Got Moving right along. Just, just,
1: you got me. The, uh, what do you mean by you like the drag and destroy? I mean, well, Help me out here.
2: I, th- I think mini trucking has two spectrums. You got the show guys yeah. who it's, I would never drag one of those gorgeous trucks. Yes. Then you got the guys that just don't give a
1: Okay. Shit.
2: And they have to exist for the other
1: to exist. It's the it's like light and, the, and dark. Yeah, yeah it's the yin and the yang. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: with Without them, then uh, there'd be no dragging, period. Think about that.
1: Well, dude, I'll be honest with you, I've been over the dragon thing for years, and once you, once you damage a very expensive bed, yes, you know, something with a lot of work into it, then you just, it just really kind of gets old real quick. It, more power to people that do, God, more power to well, people that do. How'd you damage the bed? Uh, Cali you style. Didn't you have blocks? No.
2: Oh, you dragged actual frame. Yeah, well, I, I dragged body.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not god. real smart. <laughs> oh
2: god, yeah, that'll yeah. do it.
1: Was not was not the brightest moment. Well, that's I
2: how I you get end. it flush. You drop the body and you oh, drag it till it's completely flush.
1: God, <laughs> that was a rust free, perfect bed too, and I was just being stupid.
2: That's one of the rarest thing on earth. It's fine now.
1: Yep. Pretty much, pretty much. I'm yeah. We didn't want to talk. Well, I just hit the mic stand. Good going, Shay. Yeah. yeah, good going, Shay. <laughs> Derp. So anyway, let's see. We discussed moonshine. We discussed Star Wars. We discussed briefly the thing that people are actually listening to us in this wrap up here to hear what we thought about Clint. We talked about him a little bit uh, and how cool that whole thing was. And you compared it to Fast and Furious. The you know Corona scene. Good, jo- good job. Hey
2: man, it's probably one of the most one of the better scenes is at the end. Yeah. Most yeah. time it's when the horrible when the movie's, movie's over. over. <laughs>
1: yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, I liked it. And I'll, and I'll give you Tokyo Drift. And I dug the challenger in the second movie.
2: You know, I, the second movie wasn't that bad
1: it wasn't that good either
2: no but it, it it was more about racing than the other ones
1: were yeah and then and then after the third movie it just went straight just well, random well, stupidity what was a third movie and then i turned on and then i turned on there's jason statham and the rock and all the dead oh, characters no. are back and, oh. and, I, and I, it's it's cool it's cool you know but I, what
2: Back back to that again. The one thing I noticed in that, as far as vehicles go, is that Ford you Lightning. You realize
1: that we're going to lose all nine of our listeners if we literally do an entire sit, uh, episode recap on Fast and Furious and Star Wars.
2: Man, the Ford Lightning. Come on. Ooh, the shop yeah. truck. Oh, yeah. it's a beautiful yeah, truck. That oh. was gross. Oh, so gorgeous. Terrible. Gorgeous truck. I
1: hate that 97 03 Ford body oh, style. I love it's it, disgusting. man. It's disgusting. Smooth body. Oh, it's beautiful. So, anyway, it's beautiful. Yeah, we're going to do Ford's. So I'm going to do a Brick Nose, obviously. So, anywho. I could
2: just choose any four. To... Hey man,
1: you know what we didn't do the last episode? What what did we do? We didn't run the random club name generator. Oh. No, we didn't. We didn't. Man, you guys are in for a treat then, cuz. Well, I don't know if we're in for a treat or not, but I'm gonna run it and I think this would be a great opportunity to do it. All right, let's unless do it. you can think of anything more important than we need to do before. Twisted
2: boys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. If this one's good, we may not run it again. This one is Frenzied assembly. You don't I, like I, it?
2: I know it's not bad.
1: That's not bad. It really isn't. That's not bad. It's a big Oh, 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 I just ran it again. I what, got it now. What is it? I got it now. You ready for this? Go ahead. Raging Posse.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the logo is is oh. involves Insane Clown Posse in some way. <laughs>
1: Hatchet man holding a traditional kill switch box. Oh,
2: oh my god, that's perfect. You know, oh, juggalos. right? Right? Ra- Raging posse guys. Raging posse. <laughs> Raging posse.
1: Oh. oh my
2: god, I can see that now. That actually could be a mini truck club
1: or a really, really, really sad drift club. Yeah, yeah, I could see that too. All right, oh, man. Wow. You want to wrap this episode up? Yeah, man. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap that up. I think you know. We didn't do it at the first, but we're gonna do it super quick right now. Just a quick reminder, if you have liked what you have listened to, number one, what in the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, what's wrong with you? That's that? that's on you, not us. Yeah, all nine of you. Number two, all nine of you, if you enjoyed it, like, share, and subscribe. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash L C D podcast, or the at sign L C D podcast. That is the same handle for Instagram. Although we don't do a lot with it yet, we're starting to ramp that up a little bit. Like, for example, I want to post the list of cuss words that I had to bleep out from this episode. <laughs> just so people can see how much post edited on that alone I have to do.
2: You, you, you know, if we had jobs that involved free time, oh. we could
1: have lots of social media. You yeah,
2: essentials. <laughs> essentials.
1: <laughs> you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. And several other podcast platforms. You can also find us on our official YouTube channel. I do not know the URL yet because we have to get 100 likes on YouTube to do a custom URL. So
2: you all need to tell your friends that actually don't listen to us to subscribe to us so we can have that. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. They don't have to come back. Yeah, we, we, just, we, we just, just, give just give us, we just need give us a lot. We just yeah. give us 100.
1: We know? need that 100 so we, can, so we can do cool stuff with it, so we can do the live stream, so we can do uh, the custom URL and feel like big boys in oh, the big yeah. boy world. Yeah, we're important then. I looked this morning. We're at 199 likes on Facebook. We got well over 200 followers. We're at 199 likes, so I'm looking forward that's, to that elusive 200 mark.
2: That's strange.
1: It it is. We have a really? lot more followers than people that actually hit like.
2: Huh. Yeah. Well, you you those people that haven't liked. Well, maybe yet. they're embarrassed that they listen to us, and, and you know what? Be. They
1: probably should be. They could be. They probably that should be. That very well could be it. You know, <laughs> you know we should
2: we should talk, I think I think we should go over what people should hashtag for the show. Uh I would like for someone to hashtag bring back Unleashed?
1: Unleashed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, and that is one way we can find you. If you're interested, you can do the hashtag LCD podcast. Uh, We both do occasionally browse through those and see if we're being talked about and hopefully get ideals to do better episodes in the future. In fact... Coming up very soon, we will do the small club, large club town hall. Oh, I can't wait to do that. With Scott Benefield and John Lilly. I think that'll be a blast. they sever ties uh, and... Scott uh, actually added me on Facebook yesterday. Oh, did he really? He did. he did. Did he immediately start sending you pictures of shiny things? Oh, not yet, but I hope he does. He is all about billet. Mmm, love billet. For shiny my, things. For my co-host, Shea Mullins. I love Colts. I... We haven't even got that far yet. But I do love Colts. He does love Colts, and you know what we found out today? What? Clint Perkins also loves Colts. Yeah, <laughs> he does. Does he, he does? <laughs> he does. For for for, for LMC. Uh, for my co-host Shay Mullins, I am LNC, and once again, you have listened to the seventh. Is this the seventh episode or the sixth? I don't know. I think it's the seventh. I think I think the random. Yeah, it is because the last one we did by ourselves was six. Jeff was five.
2: Okay, that's actually yeah, that's right. That's right, we're on
1: seven. And huh. and I've totally lost my momentum there. But you know what, it was it was shaping up pretty good. Yeah. Once Here. again, you have listened for some reason to over an hour of a couple of idiots rambling behind the microphone straight from the hills and hollers of eastern Kentucky in central Appalachia. Thanks for listening to the L C D podcast. Say good night, Shay. Frank it. Frank it Just just Frank <laughs> just okay. it. Frank okay. okay. it. This is where he's gonna edit
2: all kinds of animal noises. Frank okay. okay. it.
1: See y'all later. See you guys.
0: I reckon it looks like you've done wasted half an hour or more listening to the voice of the (laughs) lowlife. You're still in the spirit. Don't fret. Them boys will be back out of their hollers in just a week or two with the next part of this fine episode. Thank you for listening to the lowest common denominator podcast with your host Lee and Shay. See y'all next time.